Welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome to the Brain People Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Binus, and I'm joined today by... Jonathan Eans. I'm a psychiatric PA. And today we're going to, going to be talking to, about something that I think is really important. On a previous podcast, we did discuss uh, the pros and cons of supplements and um, how they can actually be effective and helpful oftentimes, but there are also things that we need to watch out for. And, you know, as we've kind of, you and I have, have navigated through this supplement space and trying to wrestle with how to best help our patients, we've discovered some things uh, yeah. along the line, uh, along the way, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of those things is that, hey, there are definitely a lot of helpful things out there that can actually minimize medications. But there was also some frustration too, because trying to figure out how to make it easy for patients to actually have access to those things and take them in an effective manner. And so maybe you can speak to that a little bit yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I know when we first kind of started having a conversation about supplements, you know, a couple of years back, we ended up developing a website where we we gave some more information about that and, and dosage and where to find it and stuff like that. And and part part of the frustration kind of around that whole experience was, as as Doctor Barnes alluded to, that uh, a th- there were things that were potentially very effective for people to use, but in looking at the looking at the market and trying to balance between efficacy, um, quality, uh, expense, right, and 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 access, accessibility, right, being able to get that supplement easy, uh, there was usually always some sort of barrier enough to where a lot of times I would make recommendations to patients, and one of those things was getting in the way, and they would take the prescription medication I would give them, but then I'd, I'd, I'd strongly recommend and urge them to take something, a uh, supplement in, con- in conjunction with that. And I found that, you know, like 75, 80% of the time they wouldn't do it. And so, so, you know, we wanted to maybe come up with a, a new approach, a better approach that we felt like we could accomplish all of those things and, and increase the likelihood that patients would actually take something that was also going to be helpful for them. That's right. Because we've personally seen such big benefits when people actually do put those things together, the different combinations, and they know, you know, how to get the the accessibility and the expense manageable for their budget. Um, we said, you know what, let's go ahead and try to do this on our own. And so uh, we got in the lab and <laughs> we started we started doing some research and and we really started looking at, okay, what would be an ideal supplement? What would that actually look like? And and we said, you know what? When we're thinking about a supplement, let's start with anxiety, right? Because that is just something that a lot of people deal with. Uh, it's something that is a big need. And we really didn't find much out there that was really good for helping people. And so we actually came up with our own supplements and started our own supplement company. And you know, I just want to show our, our viewers that are actually... Uh, watching this on video. So it is Beautiful Minds Labs. And uh, the name of the product, our first product is Mindful Relaxation. So hopefully you can see that on the video, Mindful Relaxation. And uh, 
we're going to spend a little time today talking about the ingredients and why we selected the ingredients that we actually selected. And there is um, really good reasons why we selected each one of, of those. And and there's a couple of things that I want to mention. First of all, uh, I've had quite a few patients actually try this and not just patients, but acquaintances. And I've had really positive feedback. I mean, a lot of good success. And so that's, that's, that's nice to see that. Um, another thing that I want to mention before we dive into what the ingredients are is one of the most important aspects of proper supplementation is having the right amount. Mm. And so that, that was really important to us. It's not just what ingredients are in there, but is there an effective dose that will actually help the symptoms that we're targeting? Yeah, absolutely. And so that, that's one of the primary, uh, I guess I should say goals behind our particular company was finding the most effective ingredients and combining and maybe combining that into a specific formula, but also using clinically relevant doses, right? Uh, and that was one of the frustrations uh, that that I found with a lot of those other formulas out there is that they would they would mash them, stuff them full uh, with a variety of different things, but all of them were subclinical dose. So maybe they might use like a 10th of the dose uh, that was actually shown in the studies to be effective. And, but because the name was in there and they, and they, they counted on people's ignorance um, or people's lack of knowledge about supplementation, uh, it, it, they just, they, they weren't optimal in, in my opinion. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to walk through, you know, it sort of in uh, ascending order, uh, you know, our sort of our least, the, well, I should say all the ingredients of, of the, the mindful relaxation powder and, um, you know, go, go from, you know, the, the ingredients that, you know, are maybe a little bit more kind of take it or leave it. And then all the way to the best ingredients in there and why we specifically, why we chose each one. So let's talk about the first one. So the first one is taurine. So what does taurine do? Uh, that's something I think they put in Red Bull, right? <laughs> yeah, this is this is true. Yeah, taurine is uh, it, that's that's the most uh, or I should say that's an easily recognizable supplement, as you said, because it's in a lot of energy drinks, and so it does a few different things. You know, for the for the sake of uh, for the sake of our ingredients, you know, all of these big surprise they do help with anxiety to some extent, but taurine can do uh, a few other things. It is an amino acid, however, it's not. You know, amino acids are the building blocks of uh, protein. However, taurine is not involved in the make makeup of uh, what we call protein synthesis. Um, it can help with things like cardiovascular function and development of the brain, uh, the retina, which is a part of the eye, and our muscle. Um, it is also being studied uh, currently, and it, there's some there's some pretty good research looking at its role in uh, basically sugar metabolism for for patients with uh, diabetes or insulin resistance. So, but specifically, you know, we want to look at a couple studies uh, in which taurine was used to sort of study mental health disorders, specifically uh, anxiety. So, you know, does does taurine help with anxiety, depression, or other mental health disorders? You know, the jury's still kind of out on taurine. You know, I don't think there's really enough research necessarily uh, to to justify using taurine in isolation. And so, we'll kind of talk about just a couple of those studies. Did you want to uh, maybe mention uh, anything or or talk about the first? Study. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the main studies that we see are more related to animal studies, and we can't always say that that's applicable to humans. But you know, there oftentimes that's a first step in in showing. And a lot of people think like, yeah, taurine does kind of seem to help me a bit. But yeah, they, for example, uh, taurine was actually given to mice sixty minutes before 
a certain anxiety test, and they were able to outperform the uh, reference drug thiopental, which is actually a short-acting barbiturate, which is definitely known to calm um, humans as well as animals. Uh, but it was less effective than midazolam, which is a benzodiazepine, which is also a medication that we use for for calming. Um, so, again, interesting. Yeah, right? interesting. Especially <laughs> when they, you know, when they take supplements and they compare them to to, to well known medications that are used for for that same purpose. Um, you know, in this case with rats, you know, as we said, not humans. So you know, you can only gather so much information from that. But comparing, uh, but the fact that it was out able to outperform a barbiturate was was somewhat impressive in in that particular study. Uh, in another in another study, they actually gave intranasal taurine once again to mice, and this also had an anti anxiety effect as well in them. So, so, you know, it was intranasal. Does that, does that change sort of, uh, it must you know? have done something if their anxiety <laughs> came down after they got something squirted in their nose. That's, so. <laughs> that's, that's a really good point. Uh, and then, uh, another study done in rats. Now this was specifically in rats that had been, uh, induced with diabetes, right? So they gave them diabetes over time. Um, and then they gave them taurine as a response to that. And it did have an antidepressant effect on uh, the, the rats that were treated with the taurine relative to the ones that were not. So, so you know, there definitely does seem to be, at least in, in rats, uh, you know, a good, uh, uh, a potential positive effect from a mental health standpoint. And there is a proposed mechanism for this. You know, uh, it, it sort of depends on what you're looking at. When you're looking at it for anxiety, uh, right now, I think the leading hypothesis is that it influences glycine, which is uh, essentially another amino acid. And the receptor, uh, when glycine is bound, can have somewhat of a calming effect. And we'll talk about that in, in a few minutes when we get to magnesium glycinate. Um, but but you know it may also influence the GABA receptor to some extent, and that may be in part uh, if you know what what's what's helping with the anxiety and the antidepressant. So benefit. you know, with it not being a hundred percent clear, less clear than than the other ones, why did we still decide to include it in our formula? And th and that's a really good that's a really good question. Um, you know, the fact is, you know, for, there's a lot of, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that a lot of people, you know, do find benefit with taurine. I mean, the fact that it's included in a lot of the energy drinks, there is a reason for that, you know, uh, one, because it, it's relatively inexpensive, it dissolves, it's, it's also very flavor, uh, flavorless. And so it can have a little bit of the taking the edge off of the caffeine effect that you get. And so, you know, most people, when they're anxious, they're overly stimulated, mm -hmm. right? Just like somewhat of the effect that you get from taking too much caffeine. And so a little bit of taurine especially when used with, you know, some other supplements that we're going to talk about, um, you know, it, I felt fairly strongly that there would be a synergistic effects, a synergistic effect, um, while not really, um, being any, uh, well, not worsen, worsening the overall tolerability of the supplement and not really being, uh, an expensive addition that's going to drive the cost of the supplement up. Yeah. And, and the risk of any issues with taurine, is negligible. So minimal, neg yeah. negligible. And, 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 and so really it's like, it probably could help a little bit. So why not include a little bit in our formula? Right. Right. And so on its own, you know, I, we really don't recommend touring generally. Um, I, I don't think I've ever recommended touring, you know, to take just in isolation. <laughs> right. Um, but so overall, like when it comes to anxiety, uh, or just sort of mental health, like I would give it, you know, on, on a scale of a to F, you know, I'd give it some, like a C, um, it's not, it's, it's not, not failing. <laughs> yeah. It's not failing. It's not a great supplement. You know, there's, there's other things that I think it's 
more beneficial for. So, you know, specifically like the diabetes, and we'll talk a little bit about that when it comes, gets to inositol as well. So there are a couple of ingredients in here that could be really good as well for, for specifically patients with anxiety and diabetes simultaneously. So you get kind of a, a dual action there. So moving on to the next one, our next supplement that we wanted to discuss is GABA. Now that's G-A-B-A. -A. Um, so why don't you talk about GABA and tell us what it is, Dr. Binus? Yeah, sure. So GABA is actually the main inhibitory neurotransmitter in our brain. And so what that means is it actually helps the nerve cells to decrease their activity level. So it, it does that by uh, creating a chloride influx into the nerve cells, and then the nerve cells actually just calm down. And, and actually the, the main anxiety medications that are, are famous like Valium and Xanax and Ativan and Clonopin, those all work on the GABA receptor. They stimulate that receptor, they overstimulate that receptor, and then you know the whole brain just tends to calm down. Um, so giving GABA um, actually can, in some studies, uh, <laughs> um, help stimulate that receptor and in turn calm down the brain. So you know, GABA, so medications that influence the GABA receptor in the brain, like you mentioned, Valium and Xanax, uh, you know, even alcohol to some extent, right? Mm -hmm. uh, these things can be very inhibitory. And what I mean by that, they can be very relaxing, right? But these medications bind to that receptor very strongly. And then they also can bypass the, the brain's natural regulatory system for GABA. Because the brain, you know, is going to have its own, you know, very tight, regulations about whether or not it lets certain things into uh, pass basically the blood brain barrier into the brain. And so GABA as a supplement, when you take it orally, you know, that because of that tight regulation, the evidence is a little bit mixed as to whether or not it actually makes it into the brain and can have uh, that therapeutic effect that we're looking for. Absolutely. And, and, but there are some studies, um, are there not that there, actually there show some positive benefit of GABA? And, and, and I was, it was, I was just thinking as, as you were talking, you know, it, it might be interesting. Um, I wonder if, if some of the, um, GABA effect that actually calms people is, is because of maybe the effect that it could even have peripherally. In other words, in the gut, cause we have like mm. the, the gut brain connection. Sure. And, um, who knows, maybe that's part of the effect. Um, I'm guessing maybe some of the GABA gets into the brain, but nonetheless, any way you cut it, it does seem like GABA, um, can often help decrease anxiety for people. And, and I, I think theoretically, you know, hypo hypothetically, if a patient is GABA deficient, uh, kind of like if you're deficient in, in any sort of vitamin or mineral, if you're GABA deficient, then because of that brain regulation system, like it's probably going to allow more in. So if you tend to be an anxious person, you know, there's that theory that maybe you are to some extent GABA deficient. And so you might be more prone to actually uh, utilize, you know, be uh, somebody that benefits more from GABA supplementation. But that, you know, that's going to depend somewhat on your unique physiology. Uh, so but any uh, studies that you'd want to comment on there as far as the GABA? Yeah, one, one that I thought was pretty interesting. And and this is uh, somewhat of a fault of, of GABA 
supplementation studies is that a lot of them are used in combination with other supplements. So in this particular uh, in this particular study, they used a combination of GABA with L-theanine, and uh, that combination was able to outperform either the GABA or the L-theanine alone. And this was in a uh, basically a sleep latency test. So that means how long it takes you to fall asleep. Uh, that that study was done in mice. So once again, not a human study, so not not the best, but still kind of an interesting interesting study. You know, L-theanine, which we'll talk about, is it can be very effective. But the fact that when they combined it with GABA, it was even more effective. You know, that that's definitely encouraging. Um, overall, though, you know, there were, was a systematic review, and this included fourteen studies on on GABA uh, that that met the inclusion criteria. And basically, their conclusion was, uh, although more studies are needed before. Um, any in inferences can be made about the efficacy of GABA uh, consumption on sleep and stress. Result results did show that there is limited evidence to uh, for stress and very limited evidence for the sleep be benefits of oral GABA intake. So, you know, with all that being said, like once again, you know, do we recommend uh, supplementing with GABA and why did we include it in our product? Well, you know, again, I think it goes back to some some early research showing that it probably could be helpful at least in some individuals and a lot of an anecdotal evidence people a lot of people swear like this stuff really helps it, yeah. it's amazing go to go to just about any gaba product on say amazon um and and you'll have people in there you know um all up and down right writing writing very raving positive reviews about taking gaba and feeling like it was helpful and like we talked, even with the taurine, you know, there's that synergistic effect uh, that it seems to uh, boost the impact of um, of some of the other supplements that we've included. So overall supplement score, what, what would you say, Jonathan? I would give uh, I would give GABA on its own a B minus. So I think we're you know we're, we're moving more uh, towards uh, you know uh, supplements that are going to be. Uh, you know, going to get higher scores. So I definitely think it has its place. I think it's better than taurine overall, um, especially when used in combination. So once again, I very rarely ever recommend GABA on its own, but specifically uh, when combined with other anxiolytic supplements, I think it can uh, be more effective than in, in isolation. All right. Well, I think you're the kind of person that has never been satisfied with a B minus. So let's move on to, <laughs> <laughs> to, to our next one. And our next one is magnesium glycinate. And how do you say that? Glycinate or glycinate? <laughs> I say glycinate. So I'm going to keep saying glycinate, but uh, magnesium, magnesium glycinate or magnesium in this case, um, it is an essential dietary mineral. I think most people have heard of magnesium um, in part because it's one of the most prevalent uh, deficiencies in the United States. You know, frequently it's, it's cited as the second or third most common deficiency. And so maintaining healthy magnesium is, is uh, protective against so many things, you know, but particularly there's been a lot of research on depression and ADHD and anxiety uh, disorders for magnesium. So it is definitely uh, a, a worthwhile supplement to be talking about. Absolutely. I mean, I'm even thinking from a cardiovascular perspective, it's very important for the heart to function properly. And, and um, you know, one, one of the interesting caveats with that I've learned over the years with mental health is what is important for the heart is also important for the brain too. And uh, magnesium is no exception to that. So uh, yeah, I think you know, magnesium is just one of those critical elements because there's, it's involved in so many different things in the, in the body, including being a cofactor uh, for various um, uh, chemical processes in, in the body. And, um, and so it's really important thing for us to make sure we have adequate stores. 
the the first study that we're going to look at with magnesium uh, this was magnesium in a major depression. And in, in this particular study, the author, authors concluded, they said, we believe that when taken together, there is more than sufficient evidence to implicate uh, inadequate dietary magnesium as contributing to the cause of major depression. And we suggest that physicians prescribe magnesium for its prevention and treatment. I mean, I think that's a pretty bold statement, actually. I, yeah, I think so too. I mean, basically it was like a, um, a blanket statement that, you know, we should really be considering magnesium for most of our, uh, depressed patients. Yeah. And it, to me, it, it just makes sense as far as it, it's not going to hurt, right. To take some extra magnesium. So if you're struggling with any kind of mental health issue, whether it's uh, depression or anxiety or anything else for that matter, Magnesium, I think, is a good thing to to definitely try. Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe we should comment on why it's so, so commonly deficient. Uh, basically, you know, the the so, the soil here in America, with most of our produce, um, is deficient in a lot of nutrients, uh, magnesium in particular. And so, if you wanted to say get magnesium only from your diet, you'd have to be uh, very strategic in how you did it. And so, you know, for for most people, even if they eat a really healthy diet, they're probably still somewhat deficient in magnesium. And so supplementation uh, can be, can be very beneficial for, as we said, a variety of different things. Uh, the second, the second study, now th this was a systematic review, right? So basically it's just a collection of multiple different studies. This one, um, it was 18 studies and where they looked at magnesium specifically for anxiety. And they found, uh, and I quote that the evidence was suggestive of a beneficial effect of magnesium on a, su on subjective anxiety and anxiety vulnerable samples. And again, I think that just helps us to, to really see that magnesium is going to be helpful, not only for the depressive side, but oftentimes for the anxiety side of things too. Now, when we're talking about magnesium glycinate or glycinate, <laughs> why did we choose? Because there's a lot of forms of magnesium. There's magnesium citrate, there's magnesium, what, malate, threonate, uh, there's oxide. oxide. So there's yeah. a lot of different magnesium. Why did we choose glycinate? glycinate? <laughs> uh, the reason we decided to go with uh, this particular form of magnesium is kind of twofold. Uh, the, well, actually it's, it's threefold. The first is that magnesium glycinate is one of the best absorbable forms of magnesium. And so, you know, a lot of kind of subpar forms of magnesium, you're not going to absorb very well. And so even if the bottle says like there's this mag elemental magnesium in it, if it's bound to, you know, a particular, um, uh, uh, basically ingredient like malate or oxide or um, citrate or citrate, you know, your, your body isn't going to be able to pull the magnesium away from that quite as well. So you mm -hmm. actually get the elemental magnesium. So magnesium glycinate, it, it, uh, it dissociates very well, you know, in, in the body. So you're going to get, um, basically you're, you're going to get almost full absorption of it. And so that's, that's the first aspect of it. The second one is that because of that, be, uh, because of that absorption and because of the glycinate being generally very tolerable as well, you generally don't get a lot of the digestive issues that you tend to get with a lot of the other forms of magnesium. Mm -hmm. So, you know, oxide tends to cause a lot of bloating, a lot of digestive issues. Citrate tends to cause a lot of diarrhea, right? And so, well, so that's why we use it for, as a laxative <laughs> for, right? for constipation. <laughs> exactly. So it can be very, very effective in, in that particular way, you know, but it may not be the best option, um, you know, 
if uh, if you're wanting to take something regularly and you don't have any uh, sort of regular constipation. So so the the glycine though the third reason is is that glycine is sort of a a dual purpose molecule right. It's another amino acid, but it can have some um, it can have uh, some positive effects for anxiety and sleep. And so we did uh, we did uh, there is a study that specifically looked at glycine um, and its ability to improve. Uh, sleep onset, as well as uh, subjective sleep quality and next day fatigue. And so, you know, when you take magnesium glycinate in comparison to some of the other forms, you know, you're, you're basically getting a two for one. You're, mm -hmm. you're getting two things that can help you feel more relaxed, uh, you know, simultaneously. Sounds like a great synergistic <laughs> combination there. And, and I'm excited to have this in, in our formula. And I think it's you know, why did we include it? It's kind of a no brainer. I think, uh, that why, why wouldn't we include it is, is maybe a better question. And, and what would your grade be? Uh, I, I would give magnesium glycinate a B plus. So I think it's a, I think it's a really good, I think it's a really good supplement. You know, I'd even, I almost, I almost gave it an A minus. Yeah. That's and what I was going to say. I think <laughs> I would, I'm a little more forgiving. I think I would lean towards A minus. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I think you're, I think you're probably right. We could definitely give it an A, you know, the reason why I, I was more so thinking about it, you know, in general for anxiety, you know, the, the, the effects of magnesium, even though it's extremely helpful for so many different things. And I really think most people should be taking magnesium. And um, when it comes to anxiety, uh, you know, based on the research in general, you know, the, the positive effects are, are relatively mild. They can definitely be, um, you know, significant for certain individuals, but especially if you're magnesium deficient, um, but, you know, just in a general sense, it's probably not the most effective, uh, isolated, uh, by you know, itself. By itself anxiety, right? So, right. so it was more so that that was the reason why I gave it more of a B plus. So a great supplement. Most people should take it very well tolerated. However, if you're just purely taking it for anxiety, it may not be your first go-to. So what's our next uh, supplement that we're uh, going to talk about? Uh, the next one is uh, frequently I get kind of a sideways look when I mention this one because most people haven't heard of it, but it's uh, inositol, also known as myo-inositol sometimes. So Dr. Binus, why don't you tell us a little bit about inositol? Sure. So inositol, uh, some people actually call it a B vitamin, vitamin B8, but it's not technically a B vitamin. It's actually an isomer of glucose. So it's actually kind of considered a, a pseudo vitamin, if you will. And um, the way that inositol actually helps, it seems, is that it enhances the activity of serotonin at the receptor site. So it basically kind of makes the effect of serotonin more effective. And um, many of our listeners probably know that uh, serotonin uh, and serotoninergic medications are often used for anxiety. It also seems to have some dopamine effect, which uh, helps with an overall enhancing mood. And so, and that's what we kind of see with inositol is that it actually helps quite a bit, um, especially if people are taking it on a regular basis. Uh, with um, anxiety, but then I've also noticed for a lot of people that it seems like it helps their mood as well. You know, inositol is a, it's a natural substance. So, you know, if you're eating a, a healthy diet, you're, you're probably getting a little bit of inositol, um, in particularly in things like whole grains and citrus fruits. But generally speaking, even if you're eating a lot of those foods, you may only be getting like maximum up to a, a gram per day. And, you know, as we'll, as we'll talk about, you know, some of these, some of these studies used up to like 18 grams, you know, particularly for panic attacks, um, before they really found like, you know, um, where they found the most benefit essentially. Um, however, though, you know, inositol, while it, it definitely does a lot in the brain, it also does a lot 
elsewhere as well. And so that's one of the exciting things about inositol is that it just uh, it, it it seems to it, it seems to be able to help so many different things. Uh, you know, specifically, you know, we there, there's been studies that have looked at inositol deficiencies, and they found that they were it was common in patients like those with type two diabetes, those with gestational diabetes, and those with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so, particularly in like women with polycystic ovarian syndrome, it was able to boost fertility. I mean, it's also been shown to be able to reduce PMS sim, uh, symptoms, as well as even things like binge eating, bulimia, and OCD. It did have a positive effect on. Uh, but for the sake of this discussion, we really want to focus mainly on its effect for anxiety. So, Dr. Bonus, why don't we walk through a couple of studies uh, with inositol? Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and cover the first one because this one this one really excites me. You know, when I when I found this this study initially, and you know, we de- we generally don't tend to get a lot of um, we generally don't tend to get a lot of double blind uh, crossover trials, right, especially you know? with supplements. Right? Yeah, right. We don't. We also don't get a lot of placebo controlled trials a lot of times with supplements. But in this in this uh, first study, um, they basically did a comparison of inositol uh, to fluvoxamine, which uh, also known as Luvox, which has gained a lot of popularity recently because of uh, because of COVID and its ability to potentially treat that. Um, however, not going to go into that, uh, but. Um, inositol in comparison to Luvox, which is is well known for reducing anxiety. Um, this was this was studied particularly in patients with panic disorder, in which they were having multiple panic attacks on a weekly basis. And so, on average, the inositol reduced the number of panic attacks per week by four, whereas the Luvox, the antidepressant medication, only reduced them by two point four attacks per week. Right. So there was um, inositol was uh, almost double. Right, almost more uh, d- double uh, in its effect uh, relative to the Luvox at reducing the frequency of a panic attacks on a weekly basis, while also being far better tolerated. And to me, that that really is remarkable because, again, fluvoxamine Luvox is a commonly used FDA-approved medication to treat panic disorder and other anxiety disorders. And yet here's just a piddly supplement that's actually outperforming it when it comes to panic attacks. And and so I think that's pretty exciting. Um, Another another, uh, study, now this one was also a double blind study and a placebo controlled uh, trial. And uh, again, these are, so these are actually pretty good studies uh, because that's how antidepressants are actually even studied, right? They right. do the double blind, the placebo controlled. Inositol outperformed placebo in managing symptoms of panic attacks as a result of agoraphobia. And so that's another exciting result, I think. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Dr. Bynes, do you want to define agoraphobia real quick? Yeah. So agoraphobia is, is the sense of this, this fear of going outside of your house, oftentimes of basically just you end up very withdrawn. You're like in a bubble and you and you have this panic of of even leaving your house. The the last the last study that we'll talk about with inositol, it was a small trial with bipolar uh, bipolar patients who were suffering from depression and inositol was able to outperform per- placebo and alleviating those depressive symptoms. Now, you know, we're not necessarily saying that if you have bipolar depression, you should be taking inositol. Um, but this study, among with many others uh, that were used specifically for depressive symptoms, you know, inositol was able to have a mild to modest effect um, in many of those trials. Absolutely. And I've read other studies, and this is generally where they use very high dose inositol, uh, that it can 
also be effective for OCD as well. Mm -hmm. uh, usually for OCD, they're dosing it at six grams, three times a day. So 18 grams a day, which is a huge amount, but there were significant positive effects for quite a few patients uh, that have OCD. And this isn't going to be overnight. You know, the effects of inositol in both my clinical experience and also in the studies, it takes some time to usually have effect. I mean, how long would you say, generally speaking, uh, you've noticed that it usually takes for, for it to have that positive effect? It really depends on, uh, it really depends on patient and how long they're able to get up to, how long it takes them before they're able to get up to, you know, like a, a maximum dose. Um, however, in, you know, in the studies uh, that we reference, particularly the panic attack studies, these were only four week trials. And so, you know, it was able to reduce, as I said, by the first study, uh, by four panic attacks per week uh, in only four weeks. So that's actually pretty quick, yeah. relatively speaking, because a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of our antidepressants, you know, you may not even get to full maximum effect after, after the four weeks. So, you know, I actually in, in time timing, um, I, I do say, you know, generally around four to eight weeks, you know, for the inositol, kind of depending on your ability to get up to that dose that you need to. Absolutely. And, and the one thing that's nice about inositol too, it does have a fuller effect after several weeks, but I have noticed for a lot of people, there's even a relative immediate effect, at least somewhat, maybe not as pronounced, but there definitely is an, a more immediate calming effect. Whereas, you know, some of the antidepressants, oftentimes the more immediate effect is, is initially more agitation. So that's also, I think, a, a benefit when we're comparing to, well, should I try an antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication first or inositol? It's like, I think in my mind, it's kind of a no-brainer. I would first try the inositol because minimal side effect potential and pretty large benefit potential. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we give it what? We give it an A minus. <laughs> the reason the reason I give it an A minus versus say like a you know an A or an A plus is really that that side effect of indigestion and diarrhea, and you know it, it doesn't happen in everybody, um, but it it is definitely more common than in than than it was shown to be in placebo in those trials. And so you know I've had some patients that weren't able to tolerate inositol because of the diarrhea, and so that's just that's just one thing that you need to be aware of. However. Uh, you know, that is also very common, you know, with antidepressants and just like with antidepressants, generally your body does get accustomed to it over time. And so, especially, especially if you're sensitive to that side effect, you know, starting at a lower dose and just increasing the dose, um, you know, maybe a little bit more slowly over time before you can get to a dose that's going to be effective for you. Absolutely. All right. So we made it to our last one. Our, our what last, is our last one? Yeah, our last supplement we're going to talk about today. And the final ingredient in mindful relaxation is L-theanine. So Dr. Binus, what is L-theanine? Well, L-theanine is a non-essential amino acid that really helps relax the brain, but it doesn't cause the typical sedation that a lot of other products, uh, uh, whether it's medications or maybe even supplements can cause uh, when we talk about relaxing the brain. And I think that's um, a really positive thing. It seems like it helps to mildly boost um, neurotransmitters like GABA, serotonin, dopamine. And, and, and some evidence shows that it actually helps to enhance some of the alpha wave activity in the brain, which uh, can, can help kind of this relaxed state, uh, but while at the same time still being alert. Yeah, absolutely. Frequently, it's actually used as uh, we call a nootropics or uh, a cognitive enhancing supplement, you know, something that can even enhance focus to some degree while being simultaneously relaxing. 
right? Yeah, which is, I mean, which is a really unique property. Absolutely. And, and I'll, I'll say this, uh, when sometimes uh, when I prescribe a stimulant to somebody uh, who, you know, who has ADHD and really needs like some Ritalin or Adderall or something like that, especially if they're having a little bit of agitation or anxiety with it, just having them take it with a little bit of L-theanine can really take the edge off in yeah. a lot of ways. And, and same, same thing with, uh, same thing with caffeine. You know, uh, most of us don't consume, you know, maybe Adderall or Vyvanse or Ritalin, uh, but a lot of people do consume another type of stimulant on a daily basis. Uh, in fact, maybe sometimes multiple times a day. And so, you know, if you have a lot of anxiety and your caffeine is, uh, contributing to that anxiety to some extent, you know, using some L-theanine can really help to take the edge off of those stimulating properties of the caffeine. And, and, and nature actually figured this out before we did. Um, but you know, naturally, uh, L-theanine is found in green and black tea. And so, you know, generally when you're consuming, if you consumed, you know, 200 milligrams of caffeine from, uh, say green tea or black tea, because of the natural L-theanine content, it's not going to be a stimulating, uh, you know, you're still going to get the focus effect, but you're not going to feel tense on edge, irritable, anxious, you know, as, as much as you would, uh, from, from say drinking uh, green tea or black tea instead. Yeah. So there's some grace in there. There's some grace. <laughs> now, that being said, I want to be clear. Are, are we advocating for caffeine use? No, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's reasons for that, that, uh, we'll talk about in another episode, but, um, suffice it to say that the weight of evidence related to mental health and caffeine use is that it actually is not uh, beneficial, especially when people are drinking or taking high levels of caffeine. It can actually cause more anxiety. It can cause other issues. It reduces the blood flow to the brain. Um, but again, L-theanine can um, help take the edge off some of those issues, but it's not going to erase uh, you know, some of the problems with, with caffeine. So let's, uh, let's talk about a few studies in which they used L-theanine. So, uh, the first study we're going to talk about, it was an open, it was an eight week, uh, open label study in which 20 patients with depression and anxiety were administered 250 milligrams of L-theanine daily. Uh, the conclusion was that L-theanine was safe and has multiple beneficial effects on depressive symptoms, anxiety, sleep disturbance, and cognitive impairments in patients with major depression. So this was, this is really cool because, you know, this, this particular study looked at kind of multiple different symptoms that people are experiencing. And, and how many of your patients, Dr. Binus, when they come in with depression are also dealing with uh, sleep issues and anxiety? Right. I mean, most of them, it's right? It's very, very common. Those things often come as a constellation and it's pretty amazing that they saw like, wow, this could really help all of those things really. So what, uh, let's talk about the second study, Dr. Binus. So there was a randomized placebo-controlled crossover and double-blind trial. So again, this is a well-designed study. L-theanine was superior to placebo in reducing stress-related responses, improving verbal fluency, and improving ex executive function, which I, I think is really interesting. And, and again, I think those we don't always see those things go together. In other words, a lot of the times when uh, there's a product like a medication that reduces a sense of stress and anxiety, it can even worsen the cogni cognitive aspect. In other words, like verbal fluency and memory and this sort of thing. But here we see L-theanine, the opposite happening. It's like, not only does it help stress, but it actually helps cognitively as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last the last one, and this was uh, this is another, I think, important study in part because they use really healthy individuals. You know, a lot of times studies include patients that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, medically 
um, very healthy. And so that does kind of uh, strain some of the results. But in this one, these fifth fifth year pharmacy students um, who were you know you were, who were stressed out about um, their long term commitment to the pharmacy practice, and so in giving them L-theanine, it was able to suppress that initial stress response that they were having. Um, it was far superior to placebo. So did they all become pharmacists then? Uh, I hope so, because <laughs> we need we need more. Uh, so do we recommend supplementing uh, with L-theanine for anxiety? Yeah, d- definitely it's a strong yes. Um, we included it in mindful relaxation because it's safe, effective, and it works quickly without causing excessive sedation. So, you know, Dr. Binus, what would you give L-theanine as a score? A- Probably an A plus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's I, really not I, a downside. There, to there it. really, <laughs> there really isn't. You know, there's. Uh, I, I can't think of anybody really in which you know I, I wouldn't consider recommending L-theanine to. I've had so many patients that have taken L-theanine just on its own that have had really good results. So, if people are interested in finding out more about our product and maybe how to purchase it, where would they go? Uh, for now, you can go to beautifulmindslabs.com. Um, it is currently on there. There's some more information that you can read kind of about the product. Um, and so that would be the best place to get it right now. In the near future, we're hoping to have that product also available on Amazon um, to make you know a, a little bit more accessible and easy for people to pick up. If you are a patient of ours, you can also pick it up in the office as well. So that is available uh, to, to our patients. All right. Well, thank you. We're excited to get this out there. And, and, you know, for us, of course, we're, we're talking about this, we're promoting it, but the biggest piece and the biggest reason I'm excited about promoting this is because I see that it it works. I mean, I see the difference really in, in so many patients that are coming back and, and saying, wow, yeah, this stuff really does make a difference. And, and to me, that's exciting because, uh, that's what, our work is all about is to, to really improve the quality of people's lives. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Jonathan. And uh, I hope all of you listeners found this interesting. And again, if you want more information, don't hesitate to go online and, and check out our website. And uh, we're happy to, to give you um, all the content uh, that, that we can to improve your beautiful mind. So if you only take one thing away from today's show, remember this, if mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Jonathan Edens. And I'm Dr. Daniel Bynes. And you've been listening to the The Brain Brain People People Podcast. Podcast. for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media or support us financially, visit the brainpeoplepodcast.com. 